Hello, I'm your host, Taylor Hyslip, and I'm very pleased to be joined by retail experts, Shannon Warner and Evan Allen. In this episode of Inside Retail, my guests and I will be dipping into this wide-ranging topic and offering insights on such themes, including new ways to shop, new ways to engage, the latest ways to build loyalty, and leading trends that are impacting retailers. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Um, I'm Evan Allen, Creative Director with Fahrenheit 212, specializing in retail design and user experience innovation. Hello, I'm Shannon Warner. I lead Capgemini's um, North America consulting team uh, focused on retail and consumer products, part of Capgemini Invent. Wonderful. Well, thank you both for joining us today. So let's jump right in here. Let's start with describing some of the technologies shaping innovation in retail today. So retail innovation is broad reaching, right? It, it crosses every value stream within retail from supply chain to customer experience, merchandising, store operations. And I think some of the things that are newly hitting the, the trend cycle are the leverage of artificial intelligence and machine learning and the surrounding data and analytics leading to everything from very personalized, you know, one-to-one -one personalized customer experiences, both for service and marketing, but also predictive inventory management and, and supply chain capabilities, um, proactive support of technologies in, in the AMS space um, and, and store automation as well. Yeah. And from a consumer perspective, I think that there's a sort of uncomfortable truth here um, behind these automation technologies that as they get more and more ubiquitous and uh, more ingrained in our lives, they also provide more and more opportunities for the collection and use of, of people's data. And this is obviously something that a lot of people aren't comfortable with at this point. But uh, the truth is that this data is precisely the thing that allows these technologies to function smoothly, efficiently, and to deliver these amazing um user experiences. So I think that, you know, as we move forward with, with new technologies and we design these innovative experiences, we need to constantly think about, you know, how to collect and use this data in a sort of non-invasive way. Um, and even think about the types of experiences that guests will actually opt in to share this, this kind of data with us. Um, yeah, and you know, this, this modern consumer is also sort of aware that this data trail exists. Um, and so I think that we're on the verge of seeing, you know, ways in which consumers can kind of take back control of that and and monetize their own their own data as well. I think that's really interesting because on the data front, you don't picture data in a physical store. But what we're seeing now, especially here in New York City, seeing the most innovative retail spaces that are utilizing that data in real time in physical spaces. So Brands and retailers are being forced to pivot and rethink that strategy around how they utilize their physical space. And when today's consumer prefers experiences over things and everyone is a potential influencer, what is that new role of the physical store um, in a retailer's omni-channel portfolio and how does it complement the holistic brand experience? How does influence per square foot impact sales per square foot and how can they complement each other and in a time when a number of people talking about your products becomes as important as purchases, how are they impacting the future of retail? It's a great question. And I think there has been sort of a slow shift in the metrics that we use to measure the value of our physical spaces. Um, you know, for the longest time, it's been about um, value on uh, sales per square foot. 
And that's sort of a difficult mindset to break from. Um, but more and more, we're seeing uh, physical stores that serve purely as a showroom uh, for products or even brands that are creating kind of tangential lifestyle experiences related to their brands, um, not necessarily even to sell product at all. Um, so whereas spaces used to devote a lot of square feet to product and your success was measured by how quickly you could move that product off the floor, um, that's no longer really the case. And now we're thinking about how do you drive a shopper to purchase from your website instead? Um, how do you use your physical space to sell your customers an ongoing subscription-based service, for example? Uh, it doesn't always make sense to purely stock your store with as much product as possible. So I, I love what you're saying there, that, that there's so many different purposes. Um, and there always have been multiple purposes for retail, but I think that um, the future of the retail store becomes very mission-based. Mm. If you think about um, autonomous stores, um, they're, they're built for a particular mission, right? It's, it's not going to be a humongous basket size with 100 items in, in the cart in an autonomous store, at least not initially, right? It's going to be that quick trip. You know, somebody wants to go in and, and pick up a quick bite to eat or frozen right. pizza or a, a spot. It's a, it's a quick mission. Um, but then you also see these great big um, experiential complexes, right? You know, the in in Boston, the old Sears store has, has been turned into an indoor community space. And there yeah. are countless examples like that. And um, that's happening because it's very comfortable to sit on our couch and, and place online orders. But if we have a reason to go out, Right. If there's a if there's a great community experience or some other great experience that a retailer offers, another example is grocery stores adding restaurants in their stores. Right. If there's a reason to go out, drive that foot traffic. You'll pick something else up while you're out there. Yeah. And so I think as retailers reimagine their physical space, they really have to think about what trip missions are they serving, which customers are they serving, and and what's the mindset of those customers during those trip missions in order to design right. a really uh, fit for purpose, uh, physical experience. Yeah, you bring up a really good point in that one of the things that physical space can do really well that can't be replicated online is to enable a human to human interaction. And that's still something that consumers crave. Absolutely. I think that's an interesting point when we think about human to human connection when everyone's shopping online. Uh, but we're also talking about these retail stores bringing in new ways to bring people out. So when you're talking about a very human connection, how is AI impacting retail and informing the latest trends when AI and kind of humanity usually conflict? AI is definitely the buzzword of, of this year, I think. And you know, AI is, it's become a, a suitcase term, right? It's, it's used to really refer to a whole bunch of different technologies, many of which are not actually AI. It's everything from machine learning to robotics to um, robotic process automation. But the, you know, the, the notion behind it is using computer intelligence to help make better decisions or take costs out of processes to automate things that were previously driven by human. Um, in our, our latest um research report that we just launched um, this month on store automation. We uh, surveyed customers and, and retailers about this very topic. And um, AI is intimidating. Um, 
people don't know what it is and they're afraid of things that they don't know and understand. Um, and so there's there's definitely a, a need to um, educate customers and, and to um, be thoughtful about how and where AI is leveraged. But the other side of that is that there are very, very real benefits in automating different parts of the um, retail operations, whether it be front, front customer facing experiences or back office behind the scenes things, um, AI and, and related technologies can really be used to elevate the customer experience in many, many ways, um, but also take costs out of the bottom line um, so that we can reinvest in the customer. Yeah, it's true. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the more high quality data that we can collect around how people behave now, the more accurately we can predict how others will behave in the future and therefore offer these more tailored experiences um, that we're providing to people. Ultimately, it's going to be a decision that the, you know, customer has to make themselves whether or not the value of that data that they're giving away is worth the enhanced experience that they're receiving. Um, and, you know, sometimes the answer may be no. Uh, I think we're already seeing a sort of reactionary swing in the other direction where people are opting into these more analog experiences. Um, there are companies out there that are creating, you know, entirely digital free experiences for people who want a little digital detox. Um, so at the same time, of course, we're still obsessed with sharing everything online. So it's a little bit of a conflict there. Um, but, you know, ultimately technology is not the villain here. I think that we like it and we like what it does for us and what it allows us to do. Um, but I think that we're just beginning to understand how to have a sort of healthy relationship with the technology around us all the time. Thank you, Evan. So let's talk about that data and let's kind of bring it back home. We're talking about our clients. We're talking about people out in the world um, using that data. But how do we here at Capgemini, our team's um, our experts, how do we and our partners and clients leverage that insight and data in order to stay ahead of evolving consumer buyer behavior and create or innovate technology-infused experiences? So I think that data and insights is one of the most powerful assets at the, at the hands of retailers today. It, it can absolutely help in every aspect of um, retail operations and, and talking about customer experience in particular, um, you know, customer data is one of the most voluminous types of data that that retailers have, and that's not just um, customer data that the customer has given specifically to the retailer, but also their their social imprint on the world, right? If if we're collecting and using that data, um, some of our clients have a, a head start in figuring out how to build very strong uh, data infrastructures and analytics capabilities and the insights. Uh, you know, we have one client that there's 6,500, 7,000 use cases that um, have enabled incredible insights that you would never intuitively um, imagine just based on your own personal experience. And, and when you have that breadth and depth of data um, to inform what you're doing, you're going to make so much better decisions um, about what experiences to offer, where to, where to invest, how to improve your overall operation. So what are the most impactful uh, and interesting innovations currently shaping retail? If I think about a couple of examples, um, I think the Kohl's Amazon 
business partnership is a really interesting innovation. And and I, I know many people, when they heard the announcement that Wolves was going to start taking uh, returns from Amazon, thought, well, that's a bad choice. Um, <laughs> competitors working together and, and supporting each other's operating model, that's really risky. But from a consumer standpoint, it's a really convenient thing to be able to take your return into a local cold store, not have to package it up and just return it. Um, and, and it's actually a win-win for Kohl's and Amazon and the customer. Kohl's is getting the foot traffic. Amazon is getting their reverse logistics handled. The customer is getting a great experience. Mm-hmm. That's a great innovation where we broke down old walls and old ways of thinking and, and created something really new that creates value for everybody involved. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, sort of tangential to that, I think we've also been seeing uh, more and more sort of larger retailers and commercial spaces, more established retailers that are offering these kind of micro rentals or even like little subscriptions to smaller segments of their spaces in their stores, like a single display case or, you know, a a block of shelves, for example. Um, It's almost a little bit, it's like there's the the sharing economies meets the creator uh, spaces meets like, it's like Airbnb plus WeWork plus Etsy, basically all into one retail retail space together. There, uh, there are also a variety of in-store automation um, innovations that I think are, are really noteworthy. Everything from improvements to self-checkout to the customer's use of their mobile device to scan products and, and check out seamlessly, right? These aren't brand new on the market. There's examples of self-checkout for you know, over over a decade, but the improvements are in how that's executed, the processes, and the ease of, of scanning and weighing and getting prices and, and just going through that whole process. Um, electronic shelf labels have been around forever, yeah. but they're dramatically improving what that experience is and how they're managed. Robots in stores to restock shelves and um, to clean, and there's literally countless innovations and, and some of them are improvement on the old and some of them are brand new things that are, are really going to change the game. So these are things that exist now, despite them being pretty unbelievable and we feel like we are living the future, but what is ahead? What what are the retail innovations on the horizon that um, reimagining you know the future? Yeah. So one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, which is something that exists already, but is something that we really haven't utilized fully yet is the idea of um, geolocation services. Um, you know, we've been talking about it for years, but um, no one's really found a way to make it work, right? So this would be things like geolocated delivery at scale. Like we've seen this in little little bits here and there. Um, but, you know, people talk about this with, it could be drones, it could be automated vehicles, it could be any number of things, but basically having things delivered to you at your exact location, wherever you are, whenever you are. Um, Similarly, there's location-based food preparation and other types of kind of just-in-time customization that utilize that, you know, your location that understand where you are and when you'll be arriving at a certain spot to give you the best experience at that exact moment. Uh, Related to that, I think there's going to be a ton of innovation around autonomous vehicles as those become more and more prevalent um, in the services and experiences that they can deliver. And, you know, it's not, I don't think it's just through enhanced delivery or even offering totally mobile retail experiences. But one of the biggest um, things that that autonomous vehicles will offer us is um, 
increased personal mobility and allowing us to have greater access to more and more places that we couldn't previously access. Or for example, the elderly or the infirmed being able to, to have access to those things that they couldn't previously. I love those examples, Evan. And the, the one addition that I'll make is that I think that next major area of focus for retail innovation is going to be in the physical store. And so I think it's going to be the combination of natural language processing for voice-based experiences and robotics and AI and customer devices all coming together to create really new, really innovative mission-based retail experiences. I feel like you may have answered this already, but what do you both find personally most exciting about working in retail this year in 2020? Uh, you might have already said it, but if you could expound <laughs> upon it, that'd be sure. great. Yeah, personally, I'm I'm really interested in solving this sort of human plus technology equation. I think that so many times the current um, reaction in, in this space is to just throw technology at everything. And there are certainly things that technology can do better than humans, but there are others that humans do better than technology. So I think that it's really important for us to you know, make sure that we're innovating around the intelligent use of tech to find the right efficiencies that enable humans to offer and provide a better overall customer experience rather than simply throwing tech at, at everything possible. Uh, for me, I, I don't know if, if what I look forward to is unique to 2020, but what I look forward to in retail every year is that it, it is constantly evolving. The, the retailers that I, I love to work with are those that are super focused, hyper focused on their consumer and consumers needs and expectations change by the day, by the month, by the year. And so it is a goal line ever changing and it's ever evolving. And it's just, it's fun to be a part of it. Well, thank you both for sharing those things. I want to go grab my jacket and head out right now and see all these things that we've discussed. Uh, I hope that we get to see all that is exciting and ahead. And thank you again for your insights. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks, yeah. Evan. Thank you. Thanks for having us.